Welcome to the Cruising and Campfires podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Crossland, a non-outdoorsy but wildly camping-obsessed mom. I created this podcast as a way to connect with other camping-loving families just like ours who might not always feel the most equipped for that hardcore adventuring you often see. It's here that I share my personal experiences, my personal lessons learned, and also interview other travelers who have exciting stories to tell. Let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by Cruisin' and Campfires. Cruisin' and Campfires is a shop where you can have an easier time traveling with your family wherever you're going. From road tripping to camping and being outside and in your RV, we have everything to help you get started. So go over to cruisinandcampfires.com and check out everything that's available right now. And by the way, there's a sale happening, so go over there, click the sale button, and you can get a great deal on some awesome things. So on today's episode, I want to talk to you about something that's a little bit touchy. So it's actually a conversation about how to convince one spouse how to go camping or why they should try going camping when they might not really want to. I have a lot of experience with this because I myself was not exactly on board with buying a travel trailer. If you listen to my story in episode number one, then you know that my husband had to kind of convince me to buy a travel trailer. And boy, am I glad that he did. So thank you, husband of mine, for doing that. But it took a little bit of convincing, and that's okay. However, I know that there's a lot of people who are in our position just a few years ago who might be wondering, how do I convince my spouse to go camping with me? Or how do I say no to my spouse if I don't really want to? Or is this really something I should try? Should I really break outside of my comfort zone and do this thing with him or her, him or her? And that's what we're going to talk about on the episode today. So I'm not going to give a blanket answer. Yes, absolutely should go. I personally love it. My husband loves it, obviously, but I know it's not for everybody. So on this episode, I'm going to give you seven pointers for having these conversations. I'm going to give them from the uh, the perspective of the spouse who wants to go camping. However, I was the person who did not want to go camping at first, so I've got a lot to say that I'll sprinkle in there too. The first thing we're going to talk about is to appeal to that self-interest. You know, as a parent... Oftentimes, it's very valuable when you're talking to your kids and trying to negotiate with your kids that you let them come up with that idea. You let them feel like it was their idea. I know that there's a lot of joking around that a marriage is, it's kind of the same thing, but it's really, really true. So appealing to the self-interest, all that means is you have to make this seem like something that they would want to do on their own. What's in it for them? My background is in marketing, and that's the number one thing that we as marketers try to do for our clients or the company that we're working for. We always try and think through the lens of the customer. In this case, you're basically selling this concept of going camping to your spouse, and so you want to think through their lens of the customer. For my husband, when he knew that we were having this conversation about potentially buying a travel trailer, which he never, never pressured me into, by the way. He would always come at it with telling me stories about when he would go camping as a kid, and he knew how much I loved to travel as a kid. So the way that he framed it, which was so good, was he went and he appealed to my self-interest. He knew that I've always wanted to go travel some more, 
with kids, without kids, I've always wanted to travel. Before we had kids, I should say. And now that we do have kids, I want to continue to travel. And so the way that he presented this, which was phenomenal, is this is a great way for us to travel with our kids. And here's why. And then he appealed to my anxiety of traveling on a plane where you can't really control the situation as much with children to we're on a road, we can pull over and like let them stretch their legs and whatnot. And so it's a little bit different. The sleep situation, well, they're going to have their own bed. We can make the creature comforts. We can bring the white noise machine. He really made it feel comfortable for me by talking about the points that felt the best for me. And so when we're talking, so as a spouse, when you're talking to your other spouse that might not be ready to go camping yet, or might be on the fence and not really sure if it's something for them or they even want to try it, always appeal to that self-interest. Always answer the question, what's in it for them? Point number two is to put the ball in their court. Nobody likes to feel backed into a corner. It does not matter what situation it is, whether you're talking about something as simple as what to get for dessert that evening, or you're talking about something a little bit bigger, like going camping or traveling with your family and and making these big investments with your family. Nobody likes to feel backed into a corner. When you you start to talk about what's in it for them, like I said in point number one, then it's easier for you to lob that ball over onto their side of the court and say, you tell me when you're ready to send it back. That takes so much pressure off their shoulders. And it Rather than giving them a time frame, like we need to buy this travel trailer tomorrow, they're able to sort of absorb everything and start to visualize the experience that they're going to have when they're camping. With that said, you want to walk alongside them as they're having that conversation. So as they're starting to visualize this experience, it's so easy for someone who's a little bit fearful, a little bit worried about the unknown or being uncomfortable or, or has all these visions of you know, sitting around the campfire and having a bear walk up behind them or something along those lines, (laughs) that's an extreme example. However, you know that their mind can go to really extreme fun places like that, that you don't want it to go because it's not really reasonable sometimes. So for example, if you're going, if you're presenting a camping trip and you're talking through how to, how to manage, um, the potential things that could happen. You don't want them to go to those extremes. You don't want them to go to the worst case scenarios. What you want them to do is just continue to stay focused on the fun side of things and the upsides because more than likely that's what's going to happen is you're going to have a great time and you know that, but they might not quite be there yet. When it comes to convincing somebody, I read an article about the way that our brain works during decision-making. I'm really into neuroscience. There's so much I don't know. So don't take this as I'm an expert at it whatsoever, but I'm really fascinated by how the brain works. And one thing that I read was when we're making decisions, there's that middle of the line ground. And so for, for this specific situation, it'd be we're going camping. Well, one person's on the other side of the spectrum, so all the way over to the left side. This is not political, by the way. Just just roll with it. I'm just trying to visualize the side. So you have the middle, then someone's off to the left, and then you, the person who wants to go camping, you're off to the right. It's going to take more work to bring them over to center than it is for you to come to center because you're already you've already said yes. And so you have to give them that space to fill that gap mentally and 
and psychologically to say yes more times than you have to say yes. When you realize it and you frame it like that in your mind, it's easier for you to lob that ball onto their side of the court, give them that space to say yes or no, and then walk alongside them as they make that journey over to the center where they're going to either say yes or no. The next thing that I want to talk about, point number three out of our seven, is to be flexible. When we decided to go camping, I was not about to let my husband drag me out into the middle of like the desert or the mountains or somewhere completely boondocking or dispersed camping or whatever. Now I'll happily do it. But in the beginning, no way, no how I was not going to go. I was very adamant. That was not my style of camping. I like showers. I like bathrooms. I like warmth. I like comfort. I still like all those things. I've gotten a little bit more comfortable being uncomfortable in the camping situation just because I'm more familiar with that atmosphere, but it took some time. As you're talking to your spouse, try looking for the campgrounds. They're going to have more creature comforts if that's their thing. And I imagine most of the time it is. So back up to that point, number one, appealing to their self-interest, you want to be able to convince them, hey, I'm not saying that we need to go to backwoods camping right now. What I am saying is I just want to go and, and have a hotel room on wheels, basically, because what can happen is when we get there, we're going to have a playground. We're going to have a store. So if we forget something, it's okay. We're going to have a restaurant really close by if we're going to like a KOA or staying in a city or something like that. There are campgrounds everywhere, and the spectrum of how you camp is so broad that I don't know that a lot of people really realize that. Granted, 2020 did bring up a lot of new ideas about camping, new opportunities to go camping, so more people are getting used to that mode of travel or this mode of travel, uh, but they might not realize where different campgrounds are, so be really flexible in where you're going to go first on that maiden voyage. It does not have to be somewhere extreme. Absolutely not. And if the more flexible you are, the more you're going to show that you're trying to meet them in the middle and they're going to be more likely to say yes. Because again, they feel like their self-interests are in play. The next thing, point number four, use logic over emotion. Now, I will be the first one to admit that I'm one of the most emotional people. I am an Enneagram type two which just basically means I feel things very deeply and I'm not afraid to express them a lot of times and that's for better or for worse. But when it comes to camping or when it comes to any kind of big decision, such as a big investment in a travel trailer, such as where I'm going to take my kids on trips, what I'm going to expose them to, et cetera, et cetera, I like to move to the logical side of my brain. So back to the neuroscience side of things. When you look at how our brains make decisions, there is definitely emotions involved. That's at the at the um, center of the brain, in the hippocampus, it's called. Doesn't that just not matter at all to this conversation? But that's what it's called. So now you know. Then on the top of the brain, the neocortex, that's where we really absorb everything from a very logical point of view. It's a very cut and dry, yes or no. This is what it is. These are the facts. This is how we move through the world. And and it's just an easy decision. So, you know, we make a lot of decisions and what we buy based on price. Is it too expensive? Is it not too expensive? Can I afford it? Can I not afford it? We make decisions based on how it's going to affect us. Will this travel trailer have enough beds? Is it long enough? Too long? Can our truck pull it? Can it not pull it? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All decisions 
or a combination of the two. However, when you're trying to talk to your spouse and convince them that that you have an idea of where to go camping and you want them to go along, and if you want them to bring your kids along too, you need to start to appeal to the logical side of things because they already have a wealth of emotion about this. Their knee-jerk gut reaction is going to be emotionally based. When you make your arguments for going camping, and I shouldn't even use the word argument, but when you make your case for why you want to go camping from a very logical point of view, and again, framed through their self-interest, it's so much easier for them to come in and say, okay, that makes sense. Okay, I can see that. Okay, I can do that. You start to get the yeses flowing a lot more, and the more and more they say yes, the more and more closer they're going to move to wanting to go camping with you and with your kids. All right, point number five, don't overpromise. So this is very, very tempting. And back to point number four, where I'm talking about emotion over logic, it's very, very easy to overpromise the creature comforts. It's very, very easy to overpromise on the experience, especially when you're excited about it and you're working really, really, really hard to get them onto your side of that pendulum. It's very easy and very tempting to say just how great it is. You want to pop those rose-colored glasses on their face and just say, it's going to be all rainbows and sunshine. Nothing's going to go wrong. That's not the case. And they know it's not the case too. And so when you're talking through these logical, the logical side of this experience, it's okay to bring up the what ifs. It's okay to talk about what's coming that's going to be uncomfortable. The more that you can do that, the more likely it is that your spouse is going to be be able to say, okay, I get that. Okay, I want to do that. Okay, we can work through that, that hardship. I know that that's coming. It's going to be all right. So when you're at your campground and the rain comes down or when you are watching the weather leading up to um, leading up to your trip and all of a sudden there's a gigantic snowstorm coming through, which by the way happened to us. I have a podcast episode. I think it's episode number four about camping in the snow. You can go and listen to that story. And by the way, that was also one of my absolute favorite trips. But when you're faced with that situation, not only are you going to know that you did not overpromise on the experience, they feel this like this feeling of remorse, almost like a buyer's remorse going into the camping trip, but there where you guys are both more prepared to roll with those punches. It's going to rain sometimes. Do you have indoor activities to keep the kids engaged? Do you have, are you able to pop on a movie once in a while? You know, on, um, I think it was episode number eight or no, episode nine, I talked to Kristen Schmoke and she and her family went for 40 days camping in an RV. And she talked about, she's got four kids and uh, one of the kids is a teenager and that child said, I'm not going because I don't want to leave behind my video games. And she let him bring along the video games. She did not overpromise that they were going to be allowed to play a video games, but the way that she presented it was, you can bring along your video games, but when it's t- when we tell you it's time to turn off the, the video console, it's time to turn it off and come outside. And we expect no arguments. And just setting up that promise and meeting them in the middle, they were able to have such a great trip. And she said he actually played fewer video games than we had anticipated he was going to want to play. The same is true with your spouse. If you are over-promising on an experience and presenting it through a lens of it's all going to be perfect, you're not going to be well-prepared. You're going to feel ill-equipped. They're going to continue with the what-if scenarios, knowing that that things can go wrong. And, and then when things do go wrong, you're not prepared. 
So by talking through things and saying, here's what can happen if it rains, if it snows, or if we're broken down on the side of the road or whatever, whatever they're worried about, you can answer it with something say, well, here's the backup plan and here's how we can handle that. And you know, you might get cold, but we have a heater inside or you might get cold, but they're letting us have campfires. And so we're able to kind of warm up by the fire and it could be a really fun experience. So talk through that with them. Don't overpromise, but also have solutions. Come up with those solutions. Point number six, do not turn this conversation into a whole happiness quotient. So back to the conversations that my husband and I were having when we were first deciding to buy this travel trailer or not to buy it. We did end up buying it, but when we were debating between what the right choice was and looking into things, Never once did he make me feel like, if we don't get this, I'm going to be unhappy. There was never this rain cloud of guilt that was hanging over my head, and I so recognized and appreciated that. It is very easy to have conversations like this with a spouse unintentionally turn into this, well, if we don't do it, I'm going to be disappointed. Nobody wants to feel disappointed. It's that whole thing growing up where I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. That's like the worst feeling, the worst line to hear from your family. You don't want to hear it from your spouse either. As you're having the conversation, really focus on the, the combined and the collective joy that can come with the experience. The more that you focus on how, how camping and how traveling in this way can make you both feel happy, and that goes to all the points that I've already said, is the more you can do that, the better your relationship will be not only before you hit the road and while you're finding where you're going to go camping and when you're figuring out how you're going to go camp, but also when you're there because they're never going to feel like, well, I did this for you. And you're never going to have that hanging over your head either. This is going to be a collectively joyful experience for both of you. The final point is to have a fallback plan and to have something where you can say, okay, that didn't work out and that's okay. So going back to point number six, when I said, don't let this become a happiness, don't let this impact your happiness quotient. All that means is if you have a fallback plan and they say, I tried it, I did not like it. You can say, okay, we don't have to go again. We can sell the trailer. We don't have to rent it again. We don't have to get a cabin. Whatever you're trying, whatever you guys did to set up that trip always have that fallback plan. So they feel like there's that opportunity to back out of it and say, I tried it. I didn't like it. It was not for me. That's not to say that you will never go camping again. That's just to say, nope, not like that. If you were to go camping for the first time within a tent and they were like, ah, never again. I don't want to do that. You can say, "I, I get it. Thanks for trying. What if we tried it in an RV next time? What if we tried it in, instead of the RV that you, um, instead of a travel trailer, maybe we just get an RV or maybe instead of a camper van, we get a fifth wheel, you know, just try and navigate what, what went wrong, what wasn't the best about that. And you can always come up with a fallback plan for that didn't work, but this might, let's continue to try. Let's continue to meet in the middle that meeting in the middle takes a lot of work. I interviewed a few days ago uh, a couple who's been married for 68 years. And the thing that she said to me, the wife said to me about what made their marriage work was that they both gave 100%. In doing so, they're both able to fulfill their half of the role. 
in the marriage. So they're both able to give ultimately 50% to that marriage. 50 plus 50 is 100, and that marriage is 100% for them. I love that quote, and I love that concept because it's the same here. It's the same with camping. It's the same with going out and trying to find something that works for both of you. The more you guys both work towards finding a happy solution for each other, the more fun you're going to have going down the road. That's not to say you're never going to have new adventures and you're never going to be able to push those upper limits, but just start by finding the first upper limit. That's all you have to do. Just start with one trip, one first upper limit and figure out what that is. If that upper limit was too high to begin with, have that fallback plan and you can go to a different upper limit. All right. Let's recap those seven points. So if you're getting set to have this conversation or you're already in the middle of having the conversation and talking through how you and your spouse can go camping, here are my seven tips from one spouse who did not want to go camping, who is now a joyful camper who started a whole business around camping because I love it that much. First, appeal to their self-interest. Second, put the ball in their court and let them decide. Third, be flexible about where and how you camp. Fourth, use logic over emotion. Fifth, don't overpromise. Don't put those rose-colored glasses on. Be very realistic. Sixth, don't let your happiness rely on their decision. And seventh, have a fallback plan. This goes right along with being flexible. Be ready to try something different and know that when they say yes, it's not that's not going to be your forever mode of camping. And they have to know that too. I hope that that helped. If it did, please come and tag me on Instagram at cruising and campfires. I would love to see your maiden voyage or send me an email cruising at gmail.com or direct message on Instagram and say that your favorite tip. I would absolutely love to hear how those conversations are going. I'm always happy to chime in as someone who's been on on the other side of the the conversation of someone who is convinced to go camping. And now I love it. I love it. I love it. Feel free to have your spouse DM me if you want to. I'm here for you guys. I just want to see you all out there seeking adventure and sparking joy outside with your kids. Happy camping.